Hi, this is Teresa Pablos, Editor-in-Chief of Dr. By Cuspid, here for another episode of the Dr. By Cuspid podcast. Today, I'm talking about burnout with Lynn Leggett, founder and CEO of Victory Dental Management, and also she's created a new program specifically about burnout. So thank you for speaking with me today. Oh, you're very welcome, and thank you so much for asking me. I appreciate it. Yes. So burnout is a hot topic, particularly among the Dr. By Cuspid audience. And I imagine you're seeing that as well. Um, A May study actually found burnout occurs in 13% of dentists, which seems maybe actually a little low to me, um, just based on some of the other studies I've seen. But I just wanted to talk to you a little bit more, not only about the statistics of burnout, because we cover that a lot, but kind of moving beyond that into actionable, practical things okay, I have burnout, what's next? Or I feel like I might be getting burnout. How do I prevent it? So I'm very excited to talk with you. Um, And I kind of want to start with the basics. So for people who don't know, what is burnout? And like, what are some of the symptoms that someone may experience? Okay, great question. So that we all start on the same page. Um, Burnout is, it's like a state of, emotional, physical, or mental exhaustion that comes from excessive and prolonged stress. And I will, I will bore you a little bit with some underlying factors with those components that are underneath it, which I think the readers of Dr. Bicuspid are already familiar with. But again, let's make sure we're all on the same page. Um, there's a, a component called exhaustion, and that is created by the fatigue that is caused by carrying caring too much for too long. And in dentistry, of course, we care about our patients. So that doesn't surprise me. Uh, The second component is called uh, detachment or depersonalization. And that really has to do with the lack of empathy that someone who's suffering from burnout actually has. Um, They've lost the ability to have the caring and compassion that they once did because they are suffering from burnout. And then the last section is actually a decreased sense of accomplishment. Because when you're suffering from burnout, you don't care. That feeling of futility and nothing you do makes a difference. That is a really, really very strong emotion that happens with burnout. Um, You ask the question, what are the symptoms of burnout? And I think that is a big thing that a lot of people will not are not sure what the definition of that is. So it actually falls into several different categories. The first category that you may be suffering from is going to be from a social standpoint that you actually want to withdraw from others. And it's not just a work thing. It could be work and personal, but typically burnout is going to happen in the workplace. So that's where you're really going to see things. Um, You're going to be cynical about yourself and others for sure. And your, I'm going to call it your frustration or your tolerance is much lower for frustration. So that means you're really going to get frustrated very quickly by other people that normally that wouldn't have been the case before you started suffering from burnout. There is a, and it was surprising to me, Teresa, when I was doing my research to find that there was a cognitive um, component of burnout as well. When you're suffering, you have difficulty concentrating, which makes sense. But the part that surprised me was the Um, forgetfulness that occur or can occur with short-term or long-term memories. And these are symptoms that are overall for everybody. Not, it's not like it's a one and done kind of thing. People can have multiple things of, of what I'm mentioning, just to make sure the audience is clear on that. 
And then the physical part that occurs to our bodies, I think that's what a lot of people are very familiar with. Um, higher blood pressure, uh, tight muscles. You know, if, if you're carrying stress in your back and your neck and, and different things, you're going to feel that even more pronounced than you normally would. Stomach pain, um, again, loss, uh, exhaustion because of loss of energy. And the one thing that I'll point out to everybody is you also, from a physical standpoint, can get sick more often and easier, which I think it was very interesting because your immune system is, is not down when you're suffering from burnout. And then the last area that will happen, of course, is from a work environment standpoint where it's you have no motivation. That feeling of failure is really real. Um, reduced satisfaction or reward for hard work, feeling helpless, trapped, or defeated. And if you're really suffering, you have this feeling of the inability to catch up on work because it, it just seems so overwhelming. But the one word that surprises a lot of people is when I mention the word shame. And I know that, that is a, that's a, a hot word, you know, a trigger for a lot of different people to hear that word. But people who are truly suffering from burnout have a lot of shame. And when you've just kind of described what someone experiencing burnout may be feeling, a variety of these things, and it's caused by stress, I wonder if high achievers may be more prone to burnout, and maybe that's tied to the shame, right? If you are so used to using your willpower and your strength to just push through, um, and you keep doing that and you keep doing that and suddenly you can't keep doing that anymore, maybe your first response is what's wrong with me? And then that shame might come up. I think that is everybody's first response is what's wrong with me because I could do this previously and I'm strong, I'm a strong individual. So it must be me tends to be the first sort of internal conversation you have with yourself. And then, then day after day, I mean, you know, this is multiplied, of course, people that were suffering from burnout before COVID and now post COVID, a lot of people, there's a label to it now, right? We really didn't talk about this before COVID hit. And now everybody's really talking about it. I think people have been suffering from either stress or burnout for a long time. And it wasn't until within the last three years, we actually put labels on it and said, okay, well, wh what's happening to everybody? Um, but you're absolutely right. I, I think, especially in dentistry, we really like perfection. And I appreciate that from a clinical standpoint. I want the dentist to be perfect. But what we're really dealing with here is, is human behavior. And that is far from perfect. So I think we, we tend to sort of overlap all of those things together. And it, became, it can become a mess. And of course, the shameful feelings come after that. And I just kind of want to double back on that, which is based on your research, is burnout more prevalent in dental professions for some of these reasons? Perfectionists, because you like you want that perfect smile, you need that patient to have right, uh, if you're putting in a restoration, you want it to be perfect. Uh, but also, you go into dentistry because you care about people, uh, and you have that empathy. Uh, so is is it more common? I absolutely think so in my research. And, and there are several things to back that up because I'm not one of those people to put that information out there and not give you the why or the backup information. So 
what actually happens a lot is it, let's take a, a dentist that's a, also a practice owner. So you are inundated with with a multi-pronged approach of your energy and resources all day long. And we and I have never met a dentist yet that says, I love the business of dentistry and they don't like the clinical. That's not what typically happens, right? They're happy places in the operatory, which is why they went to school. So for them, anything that takes them out of that place adds stress automatically. Then when you add to it, the perfectionism of what happens normally within dentistry of, of making sure that the margins are perfect and, and all of the other things that happen within the operatory. But then when you add another, just another layer of people really don't like going to the dentist and you went to school because you're passionate about making sure that somebody's oral health is the best that it can be. So you're hyped, you're ready to go. You know, you want to make sure that you're taking care of your patients. But a lot of times during the day, not every patient, but if you even hear it one time a day, hey, I really don't like coming to the dentist. And then you hear this negativity once a day, every day during the week that you're open and practicing dentistry, that can wear on a person. So automatically their defenses come up because this is something that they're being hit with and that bias is already against them. There's like a built-in resistance already in dentistry that's not happening in other areas of healthcare because you don't have people say to their, you know, their PCP, oh, I hate coming here. But they'll say that to their general dentist, oh, I hate being in the chair. And they'll, they'll sort of joke it off or laugh about it. But it's that resistance of if you're suffering from burnout and then all of these layers on top of it, why am I doing what I'm doing? If people, A, don't wanna see me, I went to school for all of this, then you can add on the layer of financial pressure if they have loans that they need to repay. So it's just a bunch of layers over and over that are happening that I think is actually more, burnout is more prevalent in dentistry and your statistic about 13%, I think is really low I from do. my experience. Yeah, and even from some of the other studies um, that came out before that May one, uh, I've seen I think as high as like thirty percent, which is probably may maybe a little more accurate. Maybe that might be a little high. Maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. Maybe it depends on the time of year. Um, you true. know, but uh, one of the things that I wanted to dig into is uh, because you do lecture about this. Uh, I imagine you get some feedback from people in the audience. What do you hear that comes up that people are surprised to learn about or didn't know before attending one of your lectures? I think now some have almost turned it into a warped sense of a badge of courage. I'm suffering from burnout, so I'm automatically a stronger individual. Please, please hear me in your audience. It is not normal to feel burnout. If you are, there is a problem. Um, and when I go into details about the different stages and, and what can happen to you in much greater detail, I, I think they realize how long they've been suffering. Because I, when I give this topic, it's a two-hour uh, presentation, and they're they're thinking back about, you know, when did this start? What what are my symptoms? What has happened to me? And again, perfection. I think that's something that every dentist struggles with. So some try to make sense of it and just grin and bear it and and but it doesn't have to be this way so that's one of the things that people need to realize is it's surprising to them most of all to realize okay it's not really stress it's burnout that badge of honor 
thing is kind of interesting because I feel like someone might get there if they've been suffering for a while and are this is just the way it is so it might be helpful I imagine to be reminded that you know just because burnout is common more common than we'd like it doesn't mean that it's healthy or it's normal or there's things that you you don't have to just live with it you can do something about that and I feel like that's kind of where your coaching program comes in so as I mentioned at the top of the podcast uh, a big problem we've had on Dr. Bay is that we have all of these statistics but not much actionable suggestions for what people can do to recover and prevent burnout. And so uh, I was excited to see that you launched this three-month coaching program. And I'm hoping that you could tell me a little bit more about that and why you created it. Sure. Well, I I kept noticing that this is a big topic. You know, it doesn't matter where, where you turn, everybody's talking about burnout. And I wanted to design a program that focused on the individual, because to me, I could have created a video series and said, here, watch the videos. But I know from experience, unless something is created for the individual, they're not going to get any better. And to me, that, that's the idea of what I do with my company is everything has to be custom for the individual. So that I was never going to go down that route. So that's why it's a one-on-one coaching program. And I don't do the cookie cutter thing at all, but the, but the goal of the three-month program is to understand where that person is. There's, there's actually a, a, a burnout spectrum. Evaluate the causes for that individual, how they got there, create a plan going forward so that it's tailored to their needs. And again, it's a three-month program because that tends to be the sweet spot of getting the results that we're looking for. With having um, coaching sessions twice a month, it seems to be just the right timing and space since there's work in between each session that needs to be done. Anything more than that would be overwhelming for the individual, and I don't want to add to that, but anything less, they tend to lose focus and not work on the assignments like they should. So that's why I created it, you know, two sessions a month for the three months that we're working together. And I noticed that the program is called No More Struggling with Burnout, like line, discover, recover, and balance. And I kind of wanted to dig into those three verbs, discover, recover, and balance, and how they come into play when you're helping an individual address burnout. Well, let's start with discover, because the individual that is suffering needs to know where they are on the burnout spectrum. Is, is it, you know, complicated? Is it, is it easy? You know, it depends on where they are. And then what is their personal story? Because everybody has one. And that's something that I really want to dig into because that is what they are suffering with. And that's what got them to where they are. So I need to understand that in detail, what, what's happening with that doctor and then recover Now we get a chance to create a personal plan because it has to be tailored to what you're suffering with and your needs and your situation, because not everybody is the same, nor should I treat everybody the same. And balance, you know, there's a season for everything. And I'm not saying that everything is going to be balanced in your life 100% of the time, because that is unrealistic. And I am anything but unrealistic. I'm pretty 
pretty much a transparent person when you get to know me. So the balance part is for those suffering from burnout, you need to know how to adapt and you don't fall back into the into the previous trap that you had before. So, you know, we've got to break the cycle, figure out what's going on, restore that balance to the doctor because that's what's going to help them not only immediately, but then going forward because that's real. We, we got to keep all of it real. And I kind of want to dig a little bit more into that recover phase because um, some of the things that have come up when we've done uh, articles uh, or series on burnout before are reconnect with a hobby or things like that. And I'm curious, are there any things you've seen that someone has done that have helped them? Can you give me, I guess, a few examples of what recovery may look like? Is it going out of your way to find a new hobby? Is it cutting back on hours at work? Is it journaling in the morning? It, you know, all of those options are good, but it just depends on what works for the individual. And it depends on where they're coming from. If you ask me to journal, I would I would resist you 100% because I'm just not that kind of person. And I'm not going to suggest somebody journal, you know, if it doesn't work for them. So that's part of the discovery process that I have with each client is to understand exactly what's going on and what works for you. Because that's my job as the coach to figure out the healthiest way to be able to help you through that. Now, I will share with you what's happened with a lot of people is just getting out of the office. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big, if you can do something for 30 minutes, but I realize some people don't have 30 minutes to have a physical activity, just get outside and breathe for five minutes. It's amazing what kind of difference that makes. But the bigger issue is whatever it is that's going to help you is be intentional about it and realize, okay, I have to go do whatever it is. And I realized during the day, we need to keep it realistic too, because you're hopping back and forth between ops if you're, if you're um, happy enough to have a hygienist working for you in a general practice, you're going from hygiene to your op and back and forth all day. So we got to be realistic about what the expectation, what a real expectation would be. If they like journaling, that's great. If they just need to be able to take a moment because they wear, you know, dentists wear so many hats and it doesn't matter if you're a specialty or a general dentist. If you are owning your own practice, you've got business owner hat, you've got HR hat, you've got clinician hat, you've got so many hats that making that transition from hat to hat is a lot of times what's causing some of the burnout phases for them is because it is overwhelming. And then you add to that having less qualified people to hire, then you have, you know, competing overheads and everything else that you're trying to run your business as a business. So there are a lot of different things. It just depends on the long answer to your question of what works for the individual. It, it has to be what, what can work within their schedule and, and what works for them because not everybody is the same. I imagine that's where having a coach can really help too is to remind you, especially if you're the type of person who uh, tends to go to level 100 right away, being like, I'm gonna address my burnout I'm going to do all of the things starting on day one to kind of remind you, you know, it's a process. It, three months might be a more realistic time frame. Like instead of uh, drinking all of the, the wellness tea and doing yoga and taking an hour walk, like start with five minutes. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, because because we want this to be with the longevity. It's not a quick fix. You didn't get here in five minutes. You're not going to fix it in five minutes. Again, let's be real. So let's find what works for you because my goal is to work with them the short amount of period to get them on the road to recovery and balance. And three months tends to be it. I've had a couple of dentists I've had to do a couple, you know, several different rounds with just because there were some other situations happening with them. So it was, it was rather complicated for them, but overall you should be able to be on that wellness track well within three months. And then for someone listening to this podcast, what is one thing they can do today to start addressing burnout and kind of start on the road to recovery? If you don't get in touch with me, which of course I hope you do get in touch with someone. And that to me is the, is the number one thing, because it's not going to take care of itself. You're going to need to have intervention of some sort of talking to somebody and really figuring out what are the root causes. And sometimes when we're in the middle of it ourselves, we cannot see the forest for the trees. And when we start overlapping all of those different emotions, like I mentioned before about shame and failure and different things that no one likes to admit and especially dentists, because we go back to the perfectionism, right? And the perceived perfectionism of everybody's like me, nothing to see here. My life is perfect. No, it's not. We all suffer with our own things, some more than others. But that's that's the one thing is, is get in touch with somebody so you can really start looking at what are the causes for your particular situation with burnout. And then you can start working on getting better because that suffering there's so many bad things that can happen from that, depending on what where, where you are, what degree you are with everything that I don't want anybody just to sit there and suffer. Please don't suffer in silence. You don't need to. That is so powerful. And it kind of ties back to the beginning of what is burnout, where if you're feeling burnout, you're feeling detached from people. And so taking that step of just trying to make a connection again and talking with someone and starting to figure things out, starting to rebuild that relationship with people. And is that right? Am I reading that right? You are, because what's one of the things that happens is they don't want to have relationships with others. And if you're suffering from burnout, you're going to, if you are married, your spouse will know something is up. You're not going to enjoy spending time with them. It's going to put pressure on your relationships with your spouse and with your close friends, because you're not going to feel like going out and doing things like you once did. So if your behavior is changing and I mean, now it's August, right? So everybody is having fun outside. If, if the weather permits, if you're normally a person that loves to go out fishing or go on the boat or skiing or whatever, or being outside. And now all of a sudden you're not enjoying that anymore. That should be a sign to you that something's up. And the, and the question is why, and, and you need to sit down and think about what is happening with me because burnout can, can show itself in a lot of different ways. That's why I, this has to be a program that I work with the individual because what works for, you know, Dr. Jones is not going to be for Dr. Smith. And that's why it's so unique to find out, okay, what, what's happening? What did you used to enjoy? What are you not enjoying now? And let's, let's talk about that and let's find out where that started to happen. Because if, if doctors, I, I really find it a lot 
with the pressures of work, but also the pressure of business ownership. So I really find it with those that are struggling with that. But then for newer dentists that are coming right out of school and they realize this is not what I thought it was going to be, that's an eye opener. And you hate to hear those stories, but it, it doesn't matter if you've been practicing dentistry for over 20, 30 years, or you're a newbie within five years, it still can happen. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so, so much. This has been wonderful. For anyone listening, how can they find you? How can they learn more? I think the easiest is two different ways. You can either go to my website, which is victorydentalmanagement.com and click on the tag that has struggling with burnout, or you can email me, which would be Lynn and it's L-Y-N-N-E at victorydentalmanagement.com. Either way, I will be happy to get back in touch with you and schedule a conversation so we can find out more of what's going on. Wonderful. And if you are listening to this or watching this video, uh, make sure if you're interested in burnout to check out uh, Burnout on Dr. By Cuspid. We actually have a wellness section that covers a lot of those statistics. Uh, so if you want to learn more about how prevalent it is, see what else um, other people have had to say, go ahead and check that out. And until next time, follow Dr. By Cuspid on our website and your favorite social media channels.